It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to Rose Ed, the definitive soccer podcast. And what a week. The Germans are heading back to Berlin faster than any time since the Soviet advance following the failure of Operation Barbarossa. And the Ukraine see off Sweden. And could Belgium be lacking Eden? All this and more in today's Rose Ed. I'm here with Hannah East. Morning. 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 <laughs> How are you? Okay, thank you. We just—I feel we should clarify. We just started um, started recording and just giggled for the last nearly three minutes continuously. So I feel that we got off to a professional start as always. Mike, do you feel like that was a strong start for the podcast? It was a very strong start. I just want it because we love history so much. Do you want to do you want to go back and go slightly more in depth on your intro, Joe? So Operation Barbarossa was Hitler's great offensive against the Soviet Union in uh, 1941. And in fact, they were within they were within sight of Moscow. But then rather controversially, uh, the Germans decided to try and uh, take the oil fields of the Urals to cut off the Russians um, in terms of uh, their ability to kind of fuel their vehicles, their planes and their tanks and that kind of thing, when actually maybe you should have taken Moscow anyway. The problem was they advanced into Germany without enough winter clothing. So then when winter hits in uh, sort of 41, 42, then they kind of get stuck in the mud, that kind of thing. Lots of German soldiers sadly perish and actually the advance got pushed back and ultimately ended with the Red Army taking Berlin in 1945. Welcome to a football podcast. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> that was absolutely class. Thanks, mate. Uh, Enjoy that. Well done, there you Jay. Go. Well done. We're proud <laughs> Thanks, of you. <laughs> um, right, okay. Let's start with England. Hannah, where did you watch the game? How did you feel? Watch the game at home. I was a bit uh, pessimistic, I think, about mm. um, England playing Germany. And I was, you know, in the last pod, I was saying, you know, we... we we can't kind of underestimate them. And, and as within the first 10 minutes, I kind of thought, what was, what was I thinking? Our setup was brilliant. Our flow was excellent. I really, really enjoyed generally. If it wasn't England, I would say I enjoyed watching them play football. But obviously really? the, the result was fantastic for us. Uh, Jack Grealish, uh, obviously him coming on uh, was, was an, imp- an impactive sub for us. 
I really liked our style of play. Um, I think uh, we, well, it was brilliant. Gareth got it right on the night. And I'm just hoping that we can replicate that uh, on Saturday. Mike, you were a bit down on Gareth Southgate so far on this podcast. Have you revised your thoughts? So were you, Joe. So you try and turn it around. You were hating on him in the yeah. in the first episode. You were both kind of like, oh, you know, Gareth Southgate sacked by Middlesbrough. But yeah, sorry, Mike. I feel ever so sorry for him now, though, because he, he gave that kind of emotional interview afterwards where he's like, oh, I looked up at David Seaman in the crowd and, and I've been carrying this for, for 21 years. And I just hope that my teammates and and the fans, I hope I've given you some different memories. I was like, oh, he's a lovely man who's carried a burden of guilt for 21 years when it's not his fault and I, and I really slagged him off Mike called him a PE teacher I just feel a bit no guilty. no no that was, well, you that, did. That was you literally did no, was, <laughs> no I was I was I was referring to Tim Sherwin actually joke oh were you, you know, okay yeah sorry. I was referring to I was not I look I've we've, we've had a bit of a joke at Gareth's expense and um the easy thing against Germany would have been to um, basically, you know, stuff what, what everyone was saying and, and, and change his tactics and not go to the back three because everyone thought, oh, you've got this defensive team, why don't you just go attack? And he could have gone attack and we yeah. could have got battered and then yeah. he would have been vilified and he, like even more. So I feel like he was damned either way and he did a really good job of, of sticking to his gun, sticking to, to the game plan he thought was going to work and it, it worked. We we stifled them enough. They, they had some good chances, to be fair. But Jordan Pickford turned up big, um, as he usually does for England. And yeah. and yeah, it was good. It was a good performance overall. I think that was it. it actually turned out the the right way to go, matching them up because we just they they didn't really have much of a sniff apart from that that awful moment when Thomas Muller was through on goal and everyone's heart stopped and it was like yeah. oh no. Oh, here we go. It would have been the, you know, if he had scored, then the whole thing, it would have been a different match altogether, wouldn't it? Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Also, Hannah, like, Jordan Pickford was amazing because there was that save from, I think it's the Goretzka chance where he tipped it over the bar, but also in the first half, made a save with his legs from Timo Werner that was just inches. I mean, if that had been inches either side, that's just going through his legs and that's a goal. <laughs> he pretty much... <laughs> <laughs> that's the way it works, isn't it? <laughs> if it hadn't, <laughs> if it goes in net and that, it's a goal. <laughs> Thanks, uh, yeah, thank good insight. <laughs> but Pickford was amazing, wasn't he? And I thought, to be fair, I thought the entire defence were pretty brilliant. Yeah, they were. They were. I, I, I liked our, our format. I really liked the combination with Grealish, Rice, and Phillips. Um, I thought, like I don't know, I've mentioned that it was it was clever of uh, Southgate bringing on Grealish when he did. Um, I thought the game started to open out more a bit when when he came on. I, I felt like we were very solid um, in defence, and like you say, Pickford was was second to none. I think he was amazing. Um, so yeah, I, I hope we have the same motivation, the same drive. Um, on Saturday. And Mike, Jack Grealish has obviously come on a couple of times and massively changed the game. I thought he was brilliant. I think mm -hmm. Germany didn't really know how to pick him up because he obviously, well, he doesn't really maintain a position. He's quite hard to track because he kind of drifts in and out of pockets around the 18 yard box. But is there an, an element if you say, okay, well, let's keep bringing him on in 65, 70 minutes because he's impacting the game massively. Whereas if you put him on from the start, maybe it gives the opposition a chance to nullify yeah. him. Yeah, I think you're you're bang on. I think if you've got someone making such an impact from the bench, it almost doesn't make sense to to change the game plan. I mean, they Ukraine might plan for that next time, and it might not be as effective. But I think as in as impact subs go, they don't get much better than him. I mean, look look at the, he was involved in both goals, um, and 
yeah, he's just a brilliant performer. I would, I would say, you know, quite comfortably, he's he's probably in in terms of ability one of the best players that England have. Um, yeah. So to to, to out, some outsiders, it might seem weird that he's not starting, but realistically, when when you look at the team, like you're not taking Raheem Sterling out of there, are you? Like based on no. his performances, and he's played so well on on that left hand side, he doesn't really deserve to start. So. Yes, play him there. Well, I just want to shout out quickly um, Declan Rice and Calvin Phillips because they also got a lot of stick um, and we gave them a bit of stick for not being the most you know, aggressive. <laughs> um, but I think Declan Rice had a yellow card for, what was it, about 10 minutes, maybe? Yeah, um, and, and Calvin Phillips got one shortly after. Yeah, and he got one after. And for them to like be so disciplined not to not to you know commit any more fouls to, to get another another yellow is unbelievable so fair play I think everyone put in a shift and, yeah. and Harry finally scored Hannah because he was in the box I know see I told you I, did, I, told I thought you. of you Hannah you did, yeah you yeah. told me he, he was he was fed I, I, it's like um Southgate's unleashed Harry Kane um but yeah I, I thought it was a, a great goal and I also thought um Harry Maguire um definitely kept the balance of the team in defence, mm. um, I thought he was fantastic. He was, he was so fantastic. pumped, wasn't yeah, he? So brilliant. pumped before the game. He had his game face on. So I think he set the right example um, and big, strong challenges. First to the ball on a few occasions. So I was, I was really impressed by his performance. Luke Shaw's had a bit of stick as well, like at United, off Jose Mourinho. Yes. Well, do you see this, that Mourinho's been going at him again? Yeah, um, I, don't know, I don't know what his issue is, Jose Mourinho. I think he's in love with him. Did and he think? can't let it go. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a bit like that, isn't it? It's sort of like, just leave him alone, Jose. Know, it's, it's like he's obsessed with him. Yeah, he, d- he, d- he needs to leave him alone. Well, Jose Mourinho's won 20-odd trophies in his career. He's one of the, probably the most famous yeah. football manager on earth, but he's chosen to become obsessed with a left-back in England. <laughs> that's like that's like, that's the dominating... When he looks back on his life, he'll just remember Luke Shaw. But I thought Luke Shaw was brilliant, to be fair, yeah. and he's had a lot of stick, and I thought he had another great game and was involved in both goals, Hannah. So a bit of love for Luke Shaw. I think the, the problem with Luke Shaw is he, he ha- he'll put in three or four matches where he has a great performance and you, you feel really confident... And and then he'll have two or three games where he's just way off the mark, and that's mm. that's what's frustrating. It's it's just the consistency with Luke Shaw. Sometimes um, when he was playing uh, the other night for England, I was like, oh wow, you know, Luke Shaw's having a good tournament so far, and I thought that like, he was he was impressive the other night. But then he may have a. It, it's not normal. It's uh, sorry. It's normal if he has a, a match that he doesn't quite play to his potential, and that's the the frustrating part, particularly for uh, a Manchester United fan as well. Uh, throughout the season, that's why people tend to get a bit frustrated with him. I think the only thing I'm I'm thinking about uh, for the game on Saturday, where England going to play Ukraine, who obviously knocked Sweden out. Mm-hmm. I think the only thing I'm thinking about for that, Mike, is kind of is the formation. I'd be because given with Germany, we knew they were going to try and control the ball with. Uh, Cruz and Goretzka and Kimmich and stuff on the pitch. Ukraine probably won't do that. Ukraine will probably sit back. So it's a different proposition for England. They're going to probably have most of the ball and need to do the pressing, which I think is where England have probably looked weakest and looked like there's a little lack of creativity. Do you still think he'll he'll stick with that five at the back, quite defensive? Because obviously Kieran Trippier played against Germany. He played on the right. I said he had a bad game, but to be fair, Robin Goosens didn't get the ball. So he that's what he was there to do. And that seemed to work. Do you reckon it's still going to be that that five at the back, or it might maybe go four three three, slightly more progressive? No, I think he'll switch back to a four because um, when we did press in in the first game of the tournament against Croatia for about fifteen twenty minutes, um, that's what I've seen from us so far, like our, our best almost in an attacking sense. Um, 
from from the start. So I think he'll go back to that. Um, and also, when you do have the ball, you need that that number ten, that more advanced um, midfielder to be able to break the lines. Um, it's going to be interesting who he picks because I, I think Mason Mount will come straight back in because obviously he's going to have trained this time, um, and I think he he will get a nod in that in that number ten role. But um, the other positions, I think. Uh, and mostly up for grabs. Like if Jordan Henderson is is fit, I could maybe see him coming back in. Um, I think the fullbacks also, like Carl Walker, could could easily drop out for Reece James. It's it's, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. But I definitely think he needs to start on the front foot because this is a completely different proposition to to Germany, where heavily the favourites in this game, um, and we need to take the game to them. Um, and I know Hannah is hoping that Harry Kane won't drop too deep. obviously (laughs) I mean it'd be wrong not to mention it on the on this podcast I guess to say it again but you mentioned Jose Mourinho Joe he he said that Rice Maguire and Phillips should be rested because they've all picked up a booking um so they would be suspended for the the semi-final what do you think to that approach but but then is he uh, do they get wiped after I'm guessing they get wiped after the quarterfinals right because yeah. otherwise you'd have the problems yeah because otherwise yeah. if they got booked in the semis they'd miss the final that doesn't actually happen anymore no, I'm no. sure it gets wiped after the quarterfinals it, it used to I think didn't it yeah it used they to because obviously it's, it's what happened to Gaza in 1990 yeah um, at the World Cup but I think I think it's vastly vastly arrogant to start talking about resting people yeah so yeah, right. no way because we've just got to get through these games if it isn't i don't think rest mcguire at all i think mcguire's been fantastic but i think maybe with rice where you could put someone like henderson in or something i think potentially there's an element of okay if you're worried about picking up bookings and stuff you probably yeah. can afford to rotate in positions where you're strong yeah also the games are starting to come a little bit thick and fast and i know it's stupid and touch wood but there's one if we get through the game on saturday then our semi-final will be on Wednesday, which means we play the final with one day less rest than the team that we're going to play. I know that's looking quite far ahead, but there might need to be a little bit of rotation because these guys have basically played through an entire season with the coronavirus thing. They kind of had like a weird month off or whatever. They've never played so much football in one go. Yeah. So I think fresh legs could be good. But I mean, Hannah, we're massive favourites, aren't we? Do Do you fear the Ukrainiacs? Um, I, don't, I don't think, well, I'm always a bit negative about life in general. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but when it, but when, you know, when it comes to, uh, when it comes to football, because it's, it's so un- unpredictable and I'm aware that, you know, tournaments like this are very difficult to predict. So I always don't want to get too excited and say, oh my God, we're three wins away from glory. Um, I don't want to say that, but you know, there is a strong potential and I do believe that we can beat. Uh, Ukraine. I do genuinely believe we can progress in this in this tournament. I think Ukraine are unpredictable and potentially might be difficult to contain, but I, I honestly think we've got a strong squad. And like you say, we have options. We have rotational options, which mm. we're in a very positive position. Mike, is there a part of you that's kind of looking ahead to this game on Friday night, Belgium, Italy, and thinking this could potentially be the team we face in the final? Again, touch wood, touch wood, touch wood. But whoever wins this... You're touching a lot of wood today, Joe. <laughs> oh, it's not the first time. One for the dance there. But yeah, Mike, do you reckon, I mean, obviously this Belgium-Italy game, that's kind of a mouth-watering prospect. For anyone who's not English or Ukrainian, nobody's thinking, oh, I can't wait to see England play Ukraine. There's nobody like sitting in, in Portugal or in Belarus, just like, oh, this is going to be a good game. You want to watch Belgium-Italy, don't you? This is These are the two heavyweight teams on that side of the draw. 
yeah, the two the two heavyweight teams that are left because they've all gone out. I mean, like in that group of death, there is they're, they're all gone, which you would not yeah. have said. Literally, they're literally gone. Like we we were looking at that, thinking you know you could have like two two teams in the semis here from this group, and and they're out after you know Joe. You confidently predicted that France will brush aside Switzerland, um, which which obviously didn't happen. Well, to be fair, until until the seventy fifth minute, France looked like they were cruising for like a six one victory or something. It's just they all just got a bit French and they thought they'd already won and before they knew it, they were out, which was hilarious. <laughs> yeah, which is, what, which is what we have to be careful not to do because I think we're already, you know, booking yeah. our, our, our pub um, seat for the final. So, you know, let's not get too ahead of ourselves. Let's Booked deal with it in March, mate. <laughs> mate, I, I'm not, I, I booked two options. So I booked two different pub options for every potential England game en route to the final in oh, March. Yeah. So as soon as as soon as the roadmap got announced here in the UK out of lockdown, I made bookings. I looked at the fixtures and who England could play and when and made a booking for every single time. And I've just deleted the bookings as appropriate, depending on our match day. Prior planning prevents poor performance. Have you not got like massive cancellation fees? No, mate. As long as you uh, cancel before the 48 hours, you don't get charged. Genius. See, mate, I'm telling you, see, it's the five P's. Prior planning prevents poor performance. There you go. <laughs> I'm only disorganised when it comes to England in the tournament. The rest of my life is just, yeah. It's, yeah, it's nothing else. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fair enough. But yeah, Belgium, Belgium, Italy, Hannah, That's it's a massive game, isn't it? I'm really, really looking forward to it because it's like, okay, I don't have to worry about England for 24 hours. I'm just going to enjoy this, watch one of the big teams get knocked out and hopefully watch them get lots of non-serious injuries, but that puts Lukaku and De Bruyne and... Locatelli and Insignia and all that out for just like two weeks. I don't want to be seriously hurt. I just don't want them to play the rest of the tournament. <laughs> well, this everyone's waiting for this match, aren't they? This is the champagne match, I reckon, of the tournament. But Belgium, 13 matches without defeat. Italy, uh, unbeaten in 31 games, which is a national record. This is this is going to be probably, like you say, one of well, the best matches um, to watch. I'm, I'm really looking forward to this. It's massive, isn't it? And I think, I, I personally fancy Belgium. I just think Lukaku just looks so good. Just so big, so strong, such good touch. Everything about the, all his criticisms that he used to have that he was maybe carrying a bit of weight and that yeah. he wasn't too good on the ball. I think yeah. he's answered that now. I think he looks a bit yeah. trimmed down and I think technically he looks like a better player. I think he's been absolutely fantastic. It's, so I, do you know, I would, I would hate to be, I love watching football. I would hate to be a footballer because the, the stick that they get is just <laughs> I'm allowed awful. to say he's fat. It's like, yeah, you're not, you're not allowed to say that, but it's, you know, he, he's a powerhouse. He's got like, so he's, he's a brilliant player, a couple of off form performances. And then that's it. Like we're so British in the fact that, you know, if England don't play well on Saturday, we will be the first people, we will slate them. The individual players will get slated in the press. Um, if we play well, oh my God, they're going to be like stars. But also the idea that, uh, the idea that me, just puny little me sitting, sweating, recording a podcast in my mum's bedroom. <laughs> Surrounded I, by her cosmetics, may I add. That, I'm, that I would have the gall to say to a man who's six foot three, probably 16 <laughs> stone, built like a heavyweight boxer, that I'd be like, oh, I think he's carrying a bit too much. I don't think you're that good on the ball, Romelu. <laughs> to be like, get out. <laughs> like, okay hun you just go back to mummy's uh, bedroom and you you keep watching football right i mean obviously that's the massive game tonight uh, also switzerland versus spain czech republic versus denmark this weekend mike is there anything that excites you there yeah i mean denmark has been a joy to watch haven't they 
So yeah. I'm 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 fully backing them to go through, and I'm going to watch them. Even though I was just talking about not getting too ahead of myself, I'm going to watch them as, as if they're they're going to be our um, our semi final opponents, and and sort of analyze and see see how we can match them and, and go up against them because I think they have been probably the dark horses of the. Team. Oh, we love we love that phrase, don't we, on the <laughs> they podcast? Have been, they have it's been the dark horses. all about passion that can help trump class. I think they're a good example, um, Denmark, of in terms of the journey they've been on throughout this tournament so far. I think people would love it if they progress uh, towards the end, uh, wouldn't they? Given what's happened with uh, Christian Eriksen and their journey. Yeah, it's going to be a bit, because obviously when England knocked them out in the semi-final, there will be quite a lot of guilt. Like, oh, we've sort yeah. of ruined the fairy tale. No one really likes us because historically we've not been the nicest to everybody else, but it's coming home. So. Yeah. <laughs> what are you going to pull? I feel like, Joe, we get a lot of stick like as, as England fans and, you know, probably a lot of it is, is rightly so, but for like for like the casual, would you, would you class yourself as a hooligan? No, 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 of course not. But all I will say is if you go to a foreign country and you've had 10 cans of Stella by midday and they <laughs> won't give you a cup of tea, then you're well within your rights to throw some <laughs> patio furniture about. And take your, take your clothes off, yeah. get, your, yeah. get your belly out and, you know, maybe punch things. Yeah. Oh, Why would you? Oh, lo siento, Francois. I don't know the proper words. Yeah, what are you talking about? <laughs> Uh, no, I would like to say I don't support that sort of behaviour and neither does the Believe Podcast Network. So, <laughs> um, Switzerland versus Spain as well. Spain have suddenly just become good, haven't they, Hannah? Why Why has this happened? Because they were rubbish at the start. Well, they, they, yeah, they were, but they, it's it's the flair, it's the passion, isn't it? You know, in terms of the being the favourites. I think that, that Switzerland-Spain will be a good match um, to watch. Who who would you say your, is your standout um team there would you want Spain to to smash it I think Spain have been fantastic for the past couple of games what they've scored five goals two games in a row top goal scorers in the tournament with 11 but I think I mean Switzerland I thought were outstanding against France for kind of the last 20 minutes and obviously showed a lot of nerve in the shootout I've got a fancy Spain but Mike I just can't really work them out yeah I mean I I actually fancy Switzerland in this one because I think when you get to this this stage, I mean, Swain, 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 Swain's gonna win. <laughs> good, good old Swain. No, Spain are just they've been a weird team, and uh, as, as I said, like Alvaro Morata finally found his shooting boots um, and, and yeah. managed to push them through. But I still don't see like that many stars in that team, and I feel like this Swiss team are so so well organised and. As does Hannah keep saying, like when it when it gets to this stage, like passion does count for a lot, and and, mm-hmm. and leadership, and pushing yourself through, and having that having the mental state to do it, and and how confident, for someone like, yeah, so but, they'll be full no, of especially for someone like like Xhaka, who gets a lot of stick at, at club level, mm-hmm. and he's just an, an unbelievable captain, but maybe maybe not the best midfielder in the world, but just an unbelievable leader on on the pitch, and sometimes that, that's what counts. He was brilliant against France. Though. He's playing like Andrea Pirlo. Yeah, he can have that sort of performance every now and again, but then he would just chuck one in his own net. So he's a very <laughs> he's he's a very weird player. Like he's very hard to assess. But at this sort of at this sort of level and, and tournament, when you need someone to galvanise a team, he's your man. So yeah, I do I do fancy the Swiss in this one. Also, it's coming towards the tail end of the tournament, so there are a few Premier League stories that we need to focus on so it's time 
for the first ever edition of Transfer Titbits. Mmm, <laughs> tasty. So there you go. That's the live jingle for Transfer Titbits. Also, what what people couldn't see my face then. <laughs> I was really, I was really sort of went into. I felt like you know uh, the Ferrero Rocher advert, yeah, where the lady says, "Oh, ambassador, you're spoiling us." I yeah. felt like that that bit where she kind of like nobbles on the Ferrero Rocher and it's sort of all gooey and she wraps her mouth around it. She's like, mm. "I feel awkward watching you right now, Joe." Oh, sorry. <laughs> when I close my eyes, I don't I know what's going on. I kind of, I know you two are there, but I sort of don't care because when I close my eyes, I can really see that moment. <laughs> Uh, okay, so transfer tidbits is where we look at kind of the the transfer news and rumours. Also worth saying that after this tournament, the podcast is going to carry on before the Premier League season, and we will be doing lots of transfer specials. The big one, of course, Jaden Sancho to Manchester United. Looks like it's happening, Hannah. It's a it bit annoying like for it. everyone else. Finally, finally. Um, can you imagine? Can you imagine though being twenty one years old and bought for seventy two point nine million? Pounds. No. What were you doing I, when you were 21, Hannah? Well, probably not even going for 10 quid on eBay, to be honest. Uh, but <laughs> certainly not worth that much. But yeah, Sancho, 50 goals in 137 appearances at Dortmund. 13 goals in the last 21 games in the season that's just gone. I'm going to smash a few facts out for you there. Um, but yeah, I think uh, a very exciting young player. Well, I see your fact and I'll raise you another fact because Jaden oh, Sancho dear. has got more than 10 assists in each of his last three Bundesliga campaigns, making mm-hmm. the first Englishman to reach 10 assists in three straight seasons in Europe's top five leagues since a little fella called David Beckham Ooh. between 1997 and 2001. Mm-hmm. I'm also worth pointing out that David Beckham was at Wembley on Tuesday looking gorgeous and poor oh, old Ed Sheeran was. was sat next to him looking like a right dog's dinner. Um, just don't sit next to just don't sit next to David Beckham. You know there's going to be a close-up and you're never <laughs> going to look good next to him anyway. But yeah, Jaden Sancho, Mike, as you said, finally, the German press can't believe this guy hasn't been playing for England. I mean, I think he's a fantastic player. I think he'll light up the Premier League. Yeah, do you think it's been... I mean, it seems like it might have been something to do with with a transfer, maybe. His head not being quite in it. I mean, if you're just on the verge of, of landing your, your dream move. Because I remember last summer, um, United were in for him, um, but they didn't match Dortmund's um, price tag. And after that, when the, when the move sort of collapsed, he had a really poor start to the season. So, mm. obviously, this is a massive, massive thing for him, you know, sealing such a big move. Um, you know, coming back to the Premier League because obviously he was he was with Man City as a as a youngster, wasn't he? Yep. Um, and yeah. that, and now he's come back uh, to, to Manchester. So yeah, he's just an unbelievable player. I'm really excited to see him. Um, I feel like he's going to get a lot of stick if he doesn't hit the ground running. But people need to understand that you know he he has been in the Bundesliga for a while, and they also need to understand that behind him they've got Aaron Wan-Bissaka, who's not you know the the best fullback going forward. So he's probably not going to get loads of support which means he's probably going to have a lot to do quite a lot of the time. So if he's not, you know, outstanding in, in the first few months, um, you know, just, just sort of give him time and essentially, and he will become, you know, one of the, one of the Premier League superstars. Um, but I, even though, you know, I, I despise United, I, I am excited to watch him. Only hmm. Lionel Messi has been involved directly in more league goals in the last three years following running with the ball so basically it means in terms of dribbling and creating a goal the only player in the last three seasons in Europe who's created more goals than Jaden Sancho's Leo Messi so I think 
I think United have got a pretty exciting player. I w- I w- I'm happy to see him come to the Premier League. I just wish it wasn't for United. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. But I think yeah. it's, it's, cl- it's classic Manchester United though, isn't it, Hannah? Because they said, we won't pay that money and then just end up paying it a year later anyway. Yeah, and then some. Yeah, every time it's it's so frustrating. As a as a United fan, you get so excited to think we talk all season about rebuilding our team. We've had you know turbulent times since Sir Alex left with managers that perhaps haven't made the best choices, uh, bought in the best players, the right players. So when you see the potential for uh, a player that could change the dynamics of the team, we could work around and build a team around some new signings, and and we're squabbling over. Uh, a little bit of money and it takes time and then we don't sign certain plays it's very frustrating but yeah I think he'll be a fantastic signing and don't slag Man United off again thank you here's the most exciting transfer news no no here we go no 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 limits look there's something in there right techno 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 that one that's, yeah. yeah, pretty much. That's that's what it's going to be. It's going to be it's going to be an absolute. It's going to be like oh, fabric circa two thousand and five down White Hart Lane next season. Uh, Spurs have finally got a manager, Hannah, and it's Nuno. So that's that. Yeah. <laughs> anybody interested in this at all? Anybody care? I don't really. To be honest, I'm not bothered. I'm literally not. I genuinely don't care. So I sort of think like, well, it's fine, and it we, we, we probably won't go down. And we're unlikely to get into Europe. So there you go. That's <laughs> football, isn't it? But doesn't matter. I'm stuck with it now. Also, more interesting in managerial appointments, Mike, Rafa Benitez. So Rafa Benitez is the first man in 129 years to manage both Liverpool and Everton. The last man to do it was uh, William Edward Barclay, who I'm sure we all remember fondly. Hannah, I liked him. He's one of my favourites. Yeah, he's, he's the best all-time manager for me. Really he's liked brilliant. his hair and his eyebrows. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> he was one of the. He was probably like a horrible racist or something, wasn't he? If he was, like, I know, I know. We're like, yeah, he's great. Yeah, <laughs> he's brilliant. Really, really good. <laughs> he kicked a lamb to death. Ah, he's fine. Yeah. Uh, but Mike, it's a bit weird, isn't it, seeing Rafa holding up the uh, the Everton scarf and stuff? Has he just done this because he's still got a house on Merseyside and he wants to go home? <laughs> It's just it, it's just bizarre, isn't it? But I think Rafa's got a little bit of that in him because he went to to Chelsea, um, and you know the fans were, were booing him, despised him for for obvious reasons. Um, and then now, yeah, now he's gone to Everton after calling them a little club. Did, did he call them? Yeah, yeah. he said he was taken yeah. out of context. But what context can there be? <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Look, maybe maybe it was, but it's essentially you you've gone from one rival to another. I mean, it. It relates to us, Joe. You know, George Graham never thought would would make the switch, um, but but he obviously did. Um, but there's not many that, that do it that, that sort that sort of cross that sort of cross enemy lines. <laughs> um, if we're talking about players, as well, I, I won't mention the big one. But um, yeah, so yeah, it is it is it is a strange thing. But um, I I feel like if he performs, like will will they care yeah. in Everton? Probably yeah, not. If he gets the results, and no, probably not. He's a good manager, Rafa, but if they think that it's going to be similar kind of style to Carlo Ancelotti, they're in for a bit of a surprise because he's very, very pragmatic. And I, I did I did hear quite a lot of um, Everton fans on the radio. Oh, I can't believe Carlo's left us after a year. Oh, so what, you can either live in Toxteth or in Madrid. Like, come on, mate. <laughs> 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 uh, but yeah, Rafa Benitez has gone to Everton. So there you go. That's that. But now it's time for Eric Dyer's Vegetable Patch.
Eric Dyer's vegetable. <laughs> Today on Eric Dyer's vegetable patch, Chavi. We remember Chavi, don't we? Brilliant midfielder. We man, little man, eh? Play for Barcelona. Uh, what's that? He's a bit scouse. I'm going to give up on the accents. So, former Barcelona man Chavi apparently has an interest in mycology. That's mushroom hunting to you, Mike. He's even been known <laughs> to take friends along with him, apparently Gerard Piquet and his wife Shakira. Pep Guardiola said, someone who picks mushrooms can't be a bad bloke. So there you go. That's another, that's another 24 carat, 100% true Eric Dyer's vegetable patch. Shakira? Yeah, Shakira, Shakira. Yeah. Oh, baby, when you talk like that, that one. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Well, that's I mean, quite good, huh? Did we, you like it? Can we have some more of that? Some <laughs> more of that? <laughs> I don't know the words. <laughs> that was a bit like. <laughs> 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 yeah, I mean, that's that's quite a surprise, but um, yeah. Well, it's probably not true, so I wouldn't, yeah. I wouldn't worry about <laughs> yeah, it. I mean, why it's not going to be factually correct. Why is it called mycology? Um, oh, I don't know. Because that's, that's, that's me. I yeah. thought that was, the, that was the study of Mike, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> definitely should, like, definitely <laughs> should be an ology after that. Like oh, mushrooms and that. That's what we should call your autobiography, mycology. mycology. And what you could do, and on the front cover could be you sitting on a giant mushroom, just like, <laughs> I don't know, where did it all go wrong? <laughs> there we go. I look forward to that coming out in all good bookstores soon. And right, some people have been in touch, of course. Steph McGuinness has been in touch, said yeah. she's enjoying the show. Hello, Steph. Uh, also, Jess has been in touch. Jess says she likes Robin Goosens, who plays for Germany because he has one leg shorter than the other, and so does she. <laughs> but Hannah, do you have anything weird on your body? Oh, God. Um, <laughs> this is, I mean, seriously. The where only, the only, yeah, where do I begin? So the only thing about, uh, I would say is really is sort of weird is um, when I used to feed my children and when the postman used to, <laughs> they used to breastfeed and the postman used to come and I've got a really high-pitched doorbell and uh, if he used to come around when I was due to feed uh, one of my kids, um, I would lactate because the doorbell pitch was so high. So I'd be like... <laughs> I'd literally be like a pressure washer. And if I ever had a green top on, I'd just open the door and it'd be like, ding dong. I'd be like, Psh. <laughs> But yeah, apart from that, I think, have you got anything weird? <laughs> I mean, where do you go after that? <laughs> well, you asked me. You, know, you, you, did ask me. you did ask me. No, I mean, but I'm just interested ding in dong. like <laughs> <laughs> the science of that. I've never just. Well, it's like that's... if a baby's screaming. Oh, because it's the right pitch. Yeah, because it's high pitch. And once oh. I went to my friend's wedding and they got an orchestra in, I was like, oh, Christ. And when the woman got up on the flute, that was game over. I nearly had to get changed. Um, but that didn't last for, I wasn't, you know, I wasn't having been breastfeeding for 10 years. It was just Oh, like look, a, Gordon, they've got a fountain. That's not a fountain, Lord. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. But no, because I didn't realise, and I think Mike's the same, we didn't realise that it. That you meant it's the same pitch as, as a baby crying. So we just thought that for some yeah, reason your body responded specifically to doorbells <laughs> like you're like maybe human. i should have clarified that yeah but i know women listening that. will be like oh yeah i totally get it yeah you left out a vital piece of information so yeah, you made sorry. it sound like whenever a doorbell rings it's like Ching! <laughs> <laughs> well i mean well i mean yeah don't don't I, tell I, me I, you're gonna be like i've got a little mole that looks like a smiley face or something well i've got a mole called jeremy but that, that i used to make <laughs> girls lick in nightclubs oh but... my god <laughs> is it hairy uh, well, shave him actually. So at the moment he's quite stubbly. Stubbly. He hasn't been shaved for a couple of days. Jeremy's yeah. a bit stubbly. Oh, what about he's you, like, Mike? Um, oh, 
Yeah, but um, I can't. <laughs> it's really hard to follow that. I've got. To say. I don't, yeah, I don't know if I'm even going to attempt it. Yeah, that is. Have you, have you, Mike? Have you licked Joe's mole, Jeremy, before? Um, I must have tried yeah, to make he, it when we worked together. Yeah, I think he, I, I think he did make me do it in a dark studio once. Um, I'll have definitely made you touch it. <laughs> yeah, hashtag me too. Like, the, 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 so, like this podcast is 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 so random. I love it. If you got anything weird on your body? Do get in touch. It's uh, at Rosed Pod on Instagram. It's Rosed Soccer on twitter um hannah thank you very much as always thanks Uh, mike thank you ding dong (laughs) and we will see you next time bye sports social podcast network Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.